Welcome back to the Golf Life Faith Podcast. My name is Jace Barber. I'm one of your hosts. Uh, today, instead of having Toby on with me, Toby's actually at our East Region Marriage Retreat, uh, working with college coaches, professional golfers. It's a great, great few days uh, right after Thanksgiving. So uh, Toby will be back next month. But this month, we've got Brad Payne on again. Brad was on with Scotty and Meredith. Uh, he's the president of CGF. Brad, thanks for being on. Uh, and then Russell Henley is on the podcast with us this, this month. Uh, you probably know him because he's won four times on the PGA Tour. He just won in Mexico. He won as an amateur on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's pretty cool. Uh, he's from Macon, Georgia. Played at the University of Georgia. Go Dogs. Uh, Russell, thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having me. Fun to chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. And this is also going to be a really fun informal podcast, which is very Russell Henley because Russell is driving and Brad's driving. So they're going to be on their phones and I'm going to be sitting at the soundboard. So Brad, get us, start us off. Uh, let's get some conversation going. Yeah. So, uh, Russell and I got to know each other his rookie year, but I did meet him at the NCAA at uh, the glorious Stillwater, Oklahoma. What year was that Russell? Uh, 11, but I don't remember meeting you. <laughs> I know you didn't meet me because you were in the zone and you didn't have any interest in me or anything that I was selling. What year was that, though? Back 11. 2011. Um, and soon after that, we became best friends for life. Um, <laughs> but let's, let's move forward to just a couple weeks ago when kind of the culmination of just, you know, several years of kind of going up and down, you were playing some of your best golf, uh, but you didn't really see results. And you and I have talked for hours about this of just kind of staying present and staying in the moment of playing. And, you know, we, we think of the U S open, you see Hideki shooting like 21 on the back nine to beat you hitting a three wood to two feet and so forth. And kind of over that year uh, of kind of at the end losing kind of what was going on in your mind? How are you processing as people have asked you, processing that of uh, finishing second or third where you had an opportunity to win on Sunday? Yeah, uh, it was hard. I mean, I have a lot of, um, of nights where I've lost, lost some sleep um, after those, some of those tournaments. I was in control of the tournament in Greensboro a couple years ago, and Missed like a one and a half footer on the 11th hole, and missed like a four footer on the last hole to go to a playoff, and just, just yeah, I mean, just it's hard. I mean, you, you put in a lot of work and practice, and you try to put yourself in position to win and, and be there like I was, and to not not get it done a bunch of times, um, it hurt, um, and still stings looking back at it. But I'm so thankful that I did it happen because it just makes this, this win just that much sweeter. I mean, I think just the struggle um, and then and then come through finally, it just makes it a lot sweeter. And, and just um, I feel like I'm kind of still celebrating a little bit in my mind over that win uh, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So how did the Lord kind of – what did the Lord teach you? How did the Lord sustain you in those kind of – you know, seasons of your soul where kind of doubt, lies kind of creeped in? Yeah, I mean, I really, um, 
you know, started to realize that no matter how I finish, I'm, it's really, I'm, I'm okay. It's, it's not, it's not going to like break me, I guess. And I think just over the course of, of my career on tour, I've learned that and it's such a hard game. I think the Lord just has taught me, um, perseverance and that my job is day in and day out is to go, like we talk about Brad, and you've encouraged me in this so much. It just, I'm supposed to go out and do, do my job every day. Um, no matter what happened last week or how I feel about it, if I feel good or if I feel bad, I go to the course on the off weeks and I practice. I go to the gym and work out, try to keep my body in shape. And I go do the best I can in these tournaments and prepare the best I can. And, you know, there's just a, there's just a rhythm to doing that. And that's, you know, it's what I do for a living. It's, it's the Lord just kind of taught me to, I think just shown me, you know, you, you do, to kind of do the best that I can, um, you know, no matter what the result is. And I think that's, you know, he's just given me a piece. You know, I'm definitely, I feel like I, those, those tournaments that I kind of threw away, I would say, they really sting thinking about them, but I'm at peace with it and I'm okay with it. And so I don't know if that, that answered your question exactly, but. Those are just kind of some thoughts that came to my mind. That's good. And Brad, yeah, and one what, of the things, Brad, when we were ahead. talking before, I'd love for you to kind of talk about what you know, we chatted about and that idea of like if you lose, you know, you you just you lost. But when that transitions to being a loser, yeah. like that's a shift. Or if you choke, or you know, yeah. air quotes, and you move that to being a choker, like that's a transition. So kind of chat about that a little bit. Yeah. So. I remember specifically in Greensboro, you know, we were staying right beside of each other. And on Sunday when, when kind of it all finished, uh, we, you and I were talking Russell and you were in the parking lot and you, and you called when we were chatting briefly about just the day and, and the raw emotions of what all of us think and all of us, kind of have that in our hearts and that's why we need friends to speak truth to us is you, you yeah. said something uh-huh. and you're like, Hey, you know, I, I guess, you know, I choked, but it moved into, I'm a choker. And I'm like, Hey buddy, don't ever say that again um, because you're not, did you lose this? Did you choke? Sure. We'll call it for what it is, but that is a moment that is, you know, this weekend that is today, you know, some emotions got, involved to where if you miss a short putt, you start thinking differently and you potentially could choke, which means in that moment, it becomes huge. It's everything I think about. But when you go from choking to being a choker, it moves into your identity. And when it goes into your identity, Satan can have his way with you. And that's why you and you and I or anybody that we kind of walk with is, is that our identity is safe and secured and it has nothing to do with our putting. It has nothing to do with Teal's painting. It has nothing to do with uh, my day of how I perform. It has everything to do with who I am in Christ. And that's why all throughout scripture, we are reminded over and over and over. We are a son or a daughter of the King, which can never be taken away from us. And so with Russell and I, we often just talk about our identity, which is very simple and it's very secure. It is, I am in Christ. 
did I play poorly? Did I choke? Well, maybe I did, maybe I did. Um, but that's not who I am. Can you just kind of walk through kind of your battle in all of that, Russell? I kind of set you up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, we've had a lot of conversations about that. Um, you know, and, and something that kind of relates to this, I think, is your feelings are very strong um, a lot of times, especially in those moments, and they're real, but you, like you always say, you can't trust them. You can't always trust them. And so, yeah, hearing that encouragement was is, has been helpful for me, um, you know, and the, the frustration and the, the you know, all, all that comes along with those moments is difficult to swallow and to hear truth, you know, and looking back and, and you know, consistently hearing truth from, from you and from friends, um, was is just huge and to know that i mean i i just think golf such a it's such a perfect pick you know not perfect it's such a good picture of of life you know we're we're just we're so broken and it's such a it's a, it can be such a mess and seem like such a mess and um we're just in in such need of um of jesus and we're in such need of a savior i, I don't care who you are you're you're broken and you're in need and um it's just uh yeah, it's a really sweet thing to be reminded of, of those truths in those moments. Mm. That's good. That's really good. Let's move to let's move to let's move to Mexico. Um, so when Russell is by himself, when Till and family's not traveling, we just often talk in the morning and the evening, just to kind of make the day week go by quicker, and we laugh and make fun of each other and so forth. And whether he's in contention or not, it doesn't matter. We just kind of talk for a while and whatever is going on in the day and the week prior to Mexico um, if you kind of follow Russell's career um, he was for years and years and years considered to be one of the better putters and just it's very natural Russell's an athlete he's kind of how do you putt well I just kind of look and see it go in kind of like Scotty Shuffler talks about he just kind of sees the line and hits it there and it goes in Um, but over the last couple years he's been struggling with putting and he's worked hard um, and been diligent in his practice. And he said something the week prior to Mexico. He says, hey, I can, I can roll out of bed and hit every fairway and hit every green, but it might have been a two-touch for the rest of my life. And a couple years prior to that, we were in Greensboro, and he said the exact opposite. He, he said, you know, if I'm 40 yards and in, I can make everything. He goes, I just look at it, make it. He goes, but I can't, I have no idea where the ball's going. And just the fickleness of golf. So I, I kind of stopped. Well, my buddy, you're able to hit the left side of the fairway, the right side of the fairway, just rolling out of bed. You know, you, you've worked hard on that. And what we're called to do is to hone our craft. And so you're working hard to kind of get out of this putting, whatever you want to call it, just to hone your putting. Um, and so you're practicing diligently and, um, tell, just kind of talk the, the week prior, just going, you know, Hey, I'm, you, you four putted and you're just, we are laughing in a sad way, uh, at Congaree and you're putting there in Columbus and you're going, I can't even hit the hole from four feet. What am I doing? And then you made everything <laughs> in Mexico kind of walk through that, uh, just, you know, Hey, staying, what do I need to do and how do I need to practice? And, that's what I'm called to do is to ring out my talent and practice. 
go ahead. And, and while you do this, yeah, Russell, I mean, while you do this, just for the listeners, maybe give them at the end of it, just give them like one putting uh, exercise or tip. That'd be great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the conversations I've had with 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 Brad throughout it are pretty pretty funny. Just because one day I'm like feeling good, and one day I'm, you know, it's um, it, it was a terrible day, and and you know, for a long time, I would get done with the day and feel be like, how was your day? And I remember being like, it was a good day. And on those days, I made everything on the practice screen, and you know, the next day it's like, how was the day? That was kind of a struggle. It's just, it's never the same, but you know, day in and day out, like I was just saying, ringing out your, going to the course and just working on the things you, you know, you need to work on to make yourself better despite how it's going, I think is, is, um, just a part of that kind of a discipline that I've learned through being a Christian and just kind of watching Brad, you know, there's just a discipline, there's a consistency in life, um, that, you know, that you kind of learn, um, just through, you know, these Bible studies and learning about the Bible and what the Bible tells us to do and to work hard. And like Brad said, ringing out our talents. And so the week before, or, or yeah, two weeks before at Congaree, I, one of the hardest holes on the course into the wind, I, I hit a perfect drive. I hit a flush, like a little bit, fly a little bit lower than normal just because it was into the wind. Three feet right of the pin, just perfect and um perfect two shots on this really tough hole and the greens are pretty fast and part of it like three feet by missed that three footer hit it five, five feet by missed that one coming back nice six so walk up with a double and i remember calling brad after being like hey it was game felt pretty good i just had one hole where i four putted and you know andy and my andy and i andy my caddy you know we we talked about how when i do mess up or when I do miss those short putts, I usually hit them so hard. And so my off week, I just spent pretty much five days in a row doing putting drills inside six feet. Um, I worked some on my fundamentals and stuff, but I worked on just good speed and the smooth stroke and just kind of working on the thing that I was doing poorly. Nothing complicated. Didn't really change much with my setup or anything or my grip. I just was like, I've been hitting it too hard. And so I spent a um, you know, multiple hours a day doing that for a week straight leading up to Mexico and started to feel pretty good. But at the start of it, I called Brad because I couldn't finish these, these putting drills. They were pretty simple putting drills, um, three, four, five footers. And I just kept missing. And I just was like, man, I, so much of the time I feel good. And then every once in a while I miss and I just started kind of getting deflated. I'm coming out here every day, spending all this time doing this and I'm consistently missing. And we just had a conversation really about um, just that's just golf and, and, and kind of it's, it's a, it's a messy game. Like Brad was just saying, but I'm called to go to the course every day and the best that I can. Um, and you know, that glorifies the Lord is that perseverance. I think um, working hard at it, even when it's not going your way. And, you know, I, I had a great conversation with Brad and, yeah, I feel like towards the end of the week, my practice got a little bit better as I kind of stuck with it. But for a while there, I would call Brad and just say, man, I'm just, I'm just down. I just, I don't get it. I don't know why it's so hard for me. It's like, you know, with inside 20 feet every time it feels like, but you know, this little putting thing, I feel like my son's putting better than me right now. And so it's just funny how, how the, how, you know, weird of a game it is, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, it's, you know, then the next week I made everything. So 
cool stuff. <laughs> so uh, he he asked, like, give just kind of one putting, like, what would be a good for an amateur or even a college player, kind of just to work on putting yeah, wise. Um, I would say something good would be. Um, let me think here. I mean, for me, what's really worked for me is just having a smooth stroke. Um, I feel like if, if you have a smooth stroke, typically your control is going to be pretty good because it's not getting thrown around anywhere. And I think when it starts to get a little quick, I think there can be a little too much face rotation and your accuracy goes down. So inside 10 feet, I mean, you know, having the, just a, a smooth, smooth stroke, I think it can be very helpful for amateurs. It's mm, good. So what, how, how do you produce smoothness besides uh, decrease your caffeine intake? <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, how do you increase your smoothness? Oh, your smooth, smoothness. smoothness. I mean, look, I'm, I don't really know. I mean, I would just, I'm not really like a, I don't know. Maybe think think slow. You can even think slow, slow and smooth. I mean, yeah. Don't drink. Don't drink three cups of coffee. Just drink two, and just <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't don't slow and smooth. Don't tell right. don't you, don't you tell Web that. For you, so don't, try don't tell Web that because you know don't he's tell Webb that. you know he's probably already had five by the time he's putting. So this is what I always tell people like amateurs and, and yeah, exactly. He's probably had five or six. I always tell amateurs and programs like, this is what I think you should do. But also, if you don't like it, don't listen to me. I'm not a, I'm not paid to be a golf coach. I'm just telling you what I think. <laughs> You're just paid to be a golfer, baby. Oh, that's so good. Uh, so there's so much that we could that we could keep talking about, but we're 18, 20 minutes in, and behind every great godly man is, is an even greater godly mm-hmm. woman. And so, Russell, I'd love for you to talk about you and Teal. I know you guys just celebrated an anniversary. Um, I don't know which one you can say that, uh, but maybe talk about you and Teal, how you guys met, uh, the influence she's had on your life, uh, what, when you guys met and then like what she's meant to you and how she's, you've just been a, a partner, a teammate, you know, somebody walking with you with the Lord the last few years. Um, and just kind of talk through that and you guys and your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Brad, please feel free to stop me at any sure. point if you want to add anything um but yeah um heel has been amazing i mean we i feel like we have just gotten closer and closer every year um and to watch her be a mom right now is just it's unbelievable i just it's like i my i'm just in awe of like how how natural it comes for her um being a parent being a mom and just how much stuff she can juggle at once. Um, which like, if I have more than one thing I'm doing, it stresses me out. And she's got like so many things just, and she's just sacrificed her, you know, her life for our family. So it's just been amazing to watch, but yeah, we, we met in, um, 2014 and I went on our first date in October of 2014 and I was not a believer. I was extremely lost. I didn't know it at the time, but, couple months later I started to realize it and you know I I was very attracted to Teal from the start um I think we got you know we had a lot of fun for a couple of dates but she she realized very quickly that I was 
gone on a very different path than she was. She was walking with the Lord and putting her trust in the Lord and finding her confidence in the Lord. And I was um, just chasing, I guess, fame and just trying to make myself um, God. And I think, um, you know, things really started to change for me when she encouraged me to read uh, this book, Prodigal God by Tim Keller. And I grew, I grew up going to church, but <clears throat> I didn't know the gospel. I, if you asked me what it was, I wouldn't be able to tell you. And it showed me what the truth of the gospel was. And so I started to realize that kind of my, what I thought about Christianity um, was just um, not, not at all correct. And, <clears throat> and so seeing the true gospel for what it was, seeing how um, Jesus loved others in, in all these different situations um, and just understanding um, just how beautiful the, the gospel is, you know, my, my mind started to, my, my heart started to change. Um, and so I think the biggest thing um, from, there, from there was just starting to read more. And I read a, another book called Counterfeit Gods by Tim, Tim Keller. Um, and I related to that one a ton. And then, uh, we read through the gospel of Mark. And so we would read these books together. And at first I didn't want anything to do with it. I thought it was weird and was like, I'm a good guy. I don't know what, why I would need to do this. And so soon, you know, a couple months went by and we had been reading these books and meeting, uh, in downtown Charleston at different spots on dates. And we discussed a chapter and, and Chad, I got to know Teal at a very deep level very, very quickly. And um, I just, I fell in love with her very fast. I, I feel like once I understood the gospel, I, I feel like I grew really fast, not like grew into like a great person, but just grew in terms of my need and want to, to know more about the gospel and more about um, Jesus and understand how to glorify him um, because the way I was living was just an absolute train wreck. I was treating everybody, all my relationships with girls terribly. I treated them terribly. My friendships, I, I treated people terribly. I was very selfish. Things weren't going my way. I would just find a way to kind of do something different. Um, even if that hurt somebody. And so there's a lot of, a lot more ways on top of, of those that I was struggling too, but I just, you know, the Lord put Teal in my life to, to show me, you know, his goodness. And, um, once I learned the gospel and once I started to understand it, um, you know, our relationship grew uh, very fast. And then Brad and I, in the start of 2015, really started to spend a lot of time together. Um, and you know, the rest of this history, we got married, the end of 2015, got married very quickly and we just celebrated our seven seventh year anniversary and uh we have three kids and uh life's really sweet and my wife is um incredible yeah um and so i remember very vividly at the la open russell asked me we were walking up nine and he asked me he goes have you read these two books and I started laughing. I'm like, okay, there's no way he'd be reading those books. And so I asked him, I'm like, okay, buddy, what's your name? And he goes, your name's Teal Duncan. I'm like, figures. And so how it kind of played out, how it played out was Russell's best friend was married to Teal's sister. And so they would spend a lot of time together. And 
Till pretty much put the put the Heisman on him and says, "Hey, you have to figure out what you're going to do with Jesus before this this thing that you're trying to pursue goes anywhere." And she just, you know, they naturally they spent a lot of time together because of just their relationship with Till's sister and his best buddy Hampton. Um, but she just pretty much said, "Okay, you, you need to figure out who Jesus is. Is he your savior?" Um, and let me walk with you for a little bit, but we're not going anywhere until you figure this out. And so it was a beautiful, beautiful to see as an outsider and kind of an insider. I got to marry them. Um, how the Lord just transformed his heart as he started reading good books as well as reading God's word. And the Lord just kind of, I don't know why we're always surprised, but how he didn't take Russell as a good guy into a better guy, but he turned a dead man into a man who is alive. Um, and uh, so it, it's been, it's been fun seeing and walking with him. Um, and yes, I would strongly affirm that he, he married very, very well. Um, and we were, I, I would say over the last, you know, 30 years of just counseling folks, um, there was a book written years ago, back in the '90s, from a non-Christian, and he he uh, wrote little notes to his son, and to just give him, you know, his best advice. And his first thought was, "Hey, son, you know, about 85, 90 percent of your happiness in all of your life will be dictated on who you marry." Um, and just he, Russell, is a testimony in, in that. Just the sweetness of life has so much to do with who you marry. So, um, what else, Jay? Good job, Russell. Thanks for that, Brad. Um, and just to give a little, uh, just to give a little plug, Teal is an amazing artist. So if you happen to listen to this and you like art, Teal Art on Instagram, T E I L A R T, Teal Art. It's incredible. Um, no, I mean, just Russell. I'd love for you to maybe just encourage the college golfers that are listening. If you could go back to your college years and not from like a regretful standpoint or like a guilt or a shame, maybe some of those things tie mm-hmm. in, but like if you could go back and talk to your college self and you could give some advice to him, what would that mm-hmm. advice be? And you could make it two parts, maybe like a little bit of golf and then you know, faith, but what would you go back and kind of encourage yourself uh, at that age? Yeah, I would say in terms of um in terms of golf, I would I would probably tell myself to have a little bit more consistency. Um I would in in my practice and I would instead of just working like being reactional with my with my practice of like if something felt a little off, I would just focus on that. I would consistently work on every little part um of my game and just try to put consistent time into to each each part, you know, whether that's putting, chipping, wedging, irons, driver, um, and work that way. And then with my faith, I think it would be um, just to have a, a more open mind because, you know, you're not going to find um, what you're looking for in, in the bars in Athens, Georgia. And I think um, I, I didn't really – even think about anything but myself and golf and, you know, partying. I mean, I would, I just, I, I didn't care to. And so I wouldn't, 
I would encourage my younger self to uh, open my eyes a little bit to there's more to life in these things and they're not going to fill you up. That's so good. That is so good. And I think that every guy listening, every adult, I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, you can relate to that. Um, anything else, Brad, do you want to uh, touch on from that? No, I, um, what, like, what do you see, um, when you, when you came out on tour, you, I mean, well, when you're coming out of college, you were the best, I think, amateur in the world. And, and like, what was different between coming out of college and then getting into professional golf, the difference between elite college players versus playing for a living? Is there a huge difference that there is? What, what is that? Um, cause people always think there's this secret sauce there and there really is there or isn't there just kind of talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I think that with me, I, I was able to, because I was such a good putter, um, and pretty good short game. If I was somewhat on with my ball striking, I was able to, uh, play really well in some tournaments, but I definitely wasn't consistent like I am now. I'm definitely more consistent now because I put you know, time into every part of my game. And so I would say there's probably a lot of kids who this, I was coming out who are really good players and have the ability to play on the tour for a long time, but maybe they just haven't um, put that time in, or maybe they need to improve and spend a little extra time on, on one part of their game, whether that's iron play, you know, or their driving's really good. They hit it a long way, but they don't hit it quite straight enough. And that's costing them. I feel like most of these guys out here who are been out here for a long time, you know, and play at a high level, they don't really have a, a huge weakness in their game. They're all um, – they might be a little better at driving than they are at putting statistically, something like that, but they're really good at everything. And so, again, my advice, like I did in college, I didn't work on everything consistently. I was more reactional. And I would just say to, you know, really know that every part of your game has got to be at a high level. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, whether that's encouraging or not, Brad. I know that's <laughs> discouraging to you because no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, what's I your, just come in way too steep. What's what's your weakness, Brad, <laughs> in golf? Everything. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's not. Come on, it's usually um, somewhere in between uh, me getting in the car yeah. and getting to the golf course. Something happens in that transition, and then it plays out until about the third hole where I lose interest, and I just want to go in and have nachos. That's so good. One of my favorite moments of um, Brad on the golf course, just real quick, is was at the Blaine Barber and Russell Henley retreat in Auburn. We had, I think, we were playing a thirty-some uh, on the on, on this hole, mm-hmm. and everybody gets on the tee and they're hitting and hitting and hitting. And Brad has not. He, I think, you got there a little bit late. And you had not even swung a golf club yet. Probably. And you step up on the tee and you just pipe it right down the middle. And everybody just goes berserk. And it was it was a great memory. So you may have a weakness, you know, in that golf game, but on that shot, it was magical. So mm-hmm. props to you there, Brad. No, yeah, Brad Brad's an athlete. You got great hand eye coordination. I was just picking on him. Oh, for sure. Just catch catch Brad on a pickleball court. For but sure. don't don't catch him on your team because he'll get a little frustrated with you if you don't if you don't want a point. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I'll call. I'll call you out, and I'll call your mother out too. Um, so, Russ, kind of walk through, kind of like what is a because we have about five minutes. Walk through like what a day in the life of uh, you being out on tour for that week, 
and then how kind of the kind of the spiritual aspect plays out, like our Thursday call, our Tuesday nights, um, and kind of and then allude to kind of what we talked about or mentioned in Mexico, going, hey, how can I give my life away this week to someone yeah. or yeah. to a group of folks? Yeah, are you talking about just my like a a normal week, like like describe the week in Mexico, or just like a normal week on tour? Yeah, either one. Okay, whatever. You, you, okay, you, well, yeah, you play whatever. Yeah, so um, if I don't have family out, if Teal and the kids can't travel too far away or too just not a good place for kids to to come out, um, I like for Brad or Stephen to stay with me. Stephen uh, stay with me during Mexico. Um, Stephen Bond, that is. Um, and you know, from the start of the week, you know, his, his kind of posture towards the week was, yeah, it's a really cool place. It's a really awesome resort. The weather's great. The restaurants are awesome, but he, he, every day he kind of would say, all right, let's, let's see who we can, who we can, you know, find to have dinner with this week that we can just be a light to just, we can encourage. And He set up dinner a couple nights um, with Davis Riley and uh, Lee Hodges um, um, and ate with them one night. And he would just kind of use these situations to encourage everybody at the table. And um, it was, it was just cool for me to see, you know, somebody to come down there. I'm down there to, to see how low I can shoot. And he was kind of, and obviously glorify the Lord. It's not, that's not the only reason there, but my job is to go down there and compete and get ready to play. And he was kind of helping me along and like, you know, just such a great reminder that how can we love others? Like how can we focus on others? And there's just so much time in the day that's not, uh, you're not hitting a ball that you can try to love others. And we went to a lot of dinners um, with people um, and that he would set up and, I just felt like it was just an outpouring of love and just trying to spend time with other people. And so, you know, I, a lot of nights normally during a tournament, I'll feel a little bit tired um, at night and just kind of want to go back and just lay on the bed and, and just do nothing. Um, and, and I found myself going out to eat and trying to, you know, spend time with others more um, just from that encouragement from Steven and on a normal week, uh, Tuesday night, there's tour fellowship. So we have like a little Bible study, like right after dinner, um, usually close to the course or at a convenient hotel. And then, um, Thursday nights, we are on a conference call for a book that Brad will choose for a handful of us to go through and read together. And we usually do a chapter or two a week and catch up with each other and talk about what the book and the author's trying to teach us. And we just got done with a book called living life backwards on Ecclesiastes. And, um, you know, for me, having those things, because typically you're, you're really never going to church on Sunday, having that consistency and that accountability of the Bible studies, and the tour fellowship on Tuesday are huge for me. Um, you know, because otherwise I would just not be in community with any believers, you know, the whole week. And so when I am on the road, 26 weeks a year to have two days a week, um, to, to be in community and have that accountability and just, we're meant for that. We're meant for that. It's encouraging. It's life giving. Um, it energizes me and it puts me at peace and gets my mind in the right spot. Not necessarily to compete on the golf course. Yes, that of course it helps, but, um, just gets me, keeps me in a a decent posture to, to focus on how to love others. And so I'm very grateful for CGF and how they, 
how they do that, you know, that once it's not, they're not done with you. Once you graduate college, get, get on with college golf, you know, they're going to be with you um, at the next level as well. So it's awesome. Mm, that's good. Awesome. Well, I mean, the, one of the big things I think we've kind of touched on the whole time and you just touched on it a lot there, Russell is community. And if you're looking for good community and you're a college golfer or you're just a average Joe that's out there playing golf and you're listening to this, uh, email us like email info at college golf fellowship, email podcast, at college golf fellowship. We'd love to help you get plugged into community. Cause I mean, goodness, here we go. Our God is community, father, son, Holy spirit. And if we are created in his image and he is community, we're made for community. Um, and that's definitely had a huge impact on you. Russell I know it's had a huge impact on me. So Russell, thank you so much for your time. That was awesome. Uh, Brad, thanks for calling in. Um, any last thoughts, any last thoughts, Russell, are you, you good? And you feel like you put the cherry on top. I thought you did, but if you have anything else. Um, yeah, I would just add one thing. I would just say if you hear this and you're, um, kind of questioning, you know, or, or want to know more about the gospel or what we're talking about or confused about anything, just type in CGF on, on, on your, your iPhone and just call somebody or, or get in touch with any CGF member, you know, and, just yeah. ask. I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. And, um, you know, the, the CGF staff is there to, to help and to, to care for, you know, all of us who, who are, who are in need and their that's their job. And so I would just encourage anybody who has mm-hmm. questions to do that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, hopefully you guys you got, it. got, got there safely to where you're headed. I think Brad is going to the dentist. I think Russell was headed to Columbus. So, I appreciate you guys, and uh, that's it for this episode of Golf Life Faith. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Golf Life Faith podcast. Whether you're a college golfer, a coach, or you just love golf, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at collegegolffellowship.com. Also, check us out on Instagram at College Golf Fellowship and on Twitter at CGF Tweet. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and be on the lookout for the next episode next month. Cheers.